Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Top Down Perspective. I, as always, am one of your hosts, alone here, as you can plainly see, tonight on Twitch. It is July 17th, 7 o'clock, roughly, Mountain Standard Time. And where are my co-hosts? Well, John, as you know, or probably, as you probably know, rather, or maybe don't know, is doing the con circuit so he won't be back for about two weeks he'll i think he might be back next week because he's doing a home stint stay tuned for that we'll figure that all out and sean is not able to do it today i was not able to do it yesterday which is our normal day of doing things because let's just say work got a little hairy uh i had to stay late at work so that's why I'm doing this today. Sean actually recorded half his half or whatever yesterday, and we will be listening to that MP3 as soon as my half year is done. So stay tuned for that as soon as I'm finished, and I will attach his for you listening live so you can listen live. Also, to make sure that the VOD for YouTube is somewhat coherent, I'll be editing the two together, and we'll have a full episode up as well. Okay, so... Let's just start off with banter, I guess. That's what we usually do. I ate a lot of Japanese food, and I am full. I don't know if you guys like Japanese food or not, but there's nothing better to me than fresh, tasty, raw fish. I really, really like it. So, And especially when you mix it up with rice and like the paper, the seaweed paper and all that stuff, and make your sushis and your different types of stuff. So that's been great. Uh, Ant-Man is coming out. I do want to see that. I don't know if I will be able to see it today, tomorrow, or Sunday, but probably sometime this week. Um, I'm sure Sean is probably going to go see it, so we can talk about that probably next week. So that'll be good. Um, what else is going on around here? We'll get to the obvious stuff in a second. Like, there's some news and stuff, and we'll get to that. But for now, I just want to chill with you guys. It's kind of kind of weird doing this alone I got to admit but I've gotten quite used to just talking foolishly by myself to myself a lot and I see you people in the chat supporting helping me out here sushi is in fact the bomb that's right and Chinese food is not greater than Japanese food in my opinion however I do love me some good Chinese food as well so you're not completely in the wrong I just really really like Japanese food uh so basically what the story was is today I was going to spend about $200 on Amiibo and I was going to get about nine or 10 of them. I think they said their Robin Amiibo got sold. Uh, I can pull up a list here quickly of the Amiibo I was going to get and they are a little bit overpriced. They're going for about 20 to $25 each, which is more than you would pay in store, obviously. But when I saw like the ones that this dude was selling, I kind of wanted to see if I can could get a bunch of them from him myself anyway. And uh, I was going to buy him out, out of all of them. And I'll tell you why in a second as soon as anybody who uses Kijiji, I think it's Canadian only, uh, that's where I found him. View posters, other ads. Okay. Okay, so he actually sold a lot of them that I wanted. He basically had all the rare ones. So I was going to get Rosalina, Pitt, Little Mac, Captain Falcon, Marth, King DDD, Meta Knight, 
uh, Wefa Trainer, Villager, and um, Robin, I think, were all the ones I was going to get for about 25 bucks Canadian each. So instead, what I did is I took half of the money I was going to spend today on Amiibos, and me and my girlfriend, who is now sleeping on the couch, went out for Japanese food and spent about half of that in just food. And I think it might have been the better investment, to be quite honest with you. It was quite tasty, and I don't regret it whatsoever because we found probably our new favorite place to go for Japanese food. Service was wonderful. Uh, it was just nice to get out for a little bit, so that was good in general. And I don't have more clutter for my desk right now, which wouldn't be a problem when we move into a new place. It's just right now I kind of have a... I have stuff everywhere, and I don't need to add 10 more things to the shelf. So, you can make food with Amiibos, yes, Michael. However, it's not as tasty. Let's just get right into it and stuff I've been playing, because I'm sure that's how Sean started. We're going to do this in the same format as usual. I've been playing Rocket League, because that game is fucking fantastic. That game is what every sports game should be, and it's kind of what NBA Jam does for basketball games, where you take the core idea of what's fun, and you don't hinder it by rules and offsides and, like, free throws or, like, uh, penalty kicks or any of that sort of stuff, out like, being out of bounds. And instead, you put in Rocket RC cars. Like, that game is so good. I do need to play more of it, though, because it seems like the whole internet is getting way ahead of me in skill, and that's not good. I do have people I can play with, so that's been good, but I really need to play more of it. That game is absolutely fantastic. It's the perfect game that if you want to play solo for a little bit, you can just put on some music or a podcast or whatever, or you can get into a team of another person, two other people, or three other people, and you can just try your luck out with the team and some TeamSpeak or Skype action. It's absolutely fantastic, and also um, it's free on the PlayStation 4. So if you have a PlayStation 4, PlayStation Plus, I think you need, but it's free, so you might as well download it and try it out. If not, I highly recommend it as a buy. If you don't want to buy it, there's plenty of content creators out there on the internet doing stuff on that game, so you can just enjoy it by watching. So there you go. Other than that, <clears throat> this was just today. I finally, today was payday, obviously, so I was able to get some games. And the one that I've been playing before this is called Odalis The Dark Call. It's a game made by the same people that made Oniken, if you know what game that is. It's basically, that game was like a love letter to the retro style of, uh, like um, side-scrolling shooters like Contra and stuff like that. This is definitely a love letter to the Castlevania-type games, and it's so, so good. It's really good. I'll probably stream a little bit this of this later if you wanted to see it, but um, I feel bad for not being able to remember the name of the dudes. I think it's Joy Masher. I'm pretty sure it's Joy Masher. They created this game with the same attention to detail and love and care that they did the other one, and... I am really enjoying its aesthetic right now. It has kind of the same feel. You don't have a whip in this. You do have just like a sword. But it has the same Castlevania feel where you can pick up different item weapons or whatever and use those and moving different like uh, ways to get through the game and stuff like that. I uh, Branching paths and stuff like that. I really, really, really want to play more of it. 
and I will. It's just that first I have to do this and talk about video games. So along with that, there will be other stuff I'll be playing. Um, Choice Chamber just came out on Steam. So that's really cool. I'm really glad about that. I'm super stoked to try out Guild of Dungeoneering. So I'll probably talk about that later on. Um, as Tenmar says, uh, I'm stuck in Terraria. <clears throat> I was actually playing a bit of Terraria this week and that game is still good. I don't really know how to describe that game if you don't know what it is. Think Minecraft with actual purpose and in like a side-scrolling fashion as opposed to first person. That's what that is. So uh, overall, I've had a pretty good week so far of Rocket League, some Terraria and Odalis. It's been it's been really, really cool. I've really been enjoying it. Uh, unfortunately, though, that's kind of all I've been playing. So this is why I kind of wanted people to show up and maybe chat a little <laughs> bit in the chat that I could uh, read and work off of a bit more because I've only been playing two games. I, I mean, I know Sean will be telling you what he played. And we'll be listening to that shortly. But it seems he's been playing Rocket League. And I'm super excited to see if he's been into it. And he's probably playing the PS4 version, I would assume. But if he's playing the PC version, maybe we can con him into doing some top-down perspective Rocket League. Like an actual league of the three of us or something. We'll see. We'll see. Um, other than that, it looks like he's been playing some Batman. And I'm excited to hear what he has to say about that. That'll be cool. <clears throat> well, without further ado, we might as well move on to news. Uh, so, first thing on the docket here, PlayStation Play 2015 promotion is starting soon, or has it started? It looks like it's starting on the 21st of this month, so it's starting this next week. Um, I kind of never really cared about these promotional things. The idea is there's four games each uh, week. There's a new game. That'll be cheaper, and if you buy all four of them, you'll looks like you're gonna get a percentage off, like another order on your on the store. What this used to be was like <clears throat> for Xbox, the Summer of Arcade, which was really, really, really cool. Where if you bought like all five of them, you basically got a free game. Like one of them was free because you got a fifteen dollar credit or something like that, and they were all about fifteen to twenty dollars. Uh, this is kind of the same thing, but for PlayStation, the games this week. Like, this next week is Journey on the PS4 and PS3. If you don't have Journey already, I don't necessarily think you need to get it. Like, I don't think it's that great. It's very, very nice, but I don't know. Maybe this is the way you'll get it. You'll get it for cheaper or whatever. Who knows? Whatever. The week after that is the one I'm kind of stoked about, uh, N++ on the PS4. That would be pretty cool. Unfortunately, just PS4, so I'm not going to be able to play it, and I'm not going to be paying for a $400 machine to play it. So that's too bad. I look forward to people who do get it, though, and being able to see how that game is. That'll be pretty cool. A uh, week after that is Gallic Z. So G-A-L-A-K-Z, Z, Gallic Z, get it? It's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know what that is. Looks cool. Classic anime, 90 space shooters, precision, arcade gameplay, colliding, galaxy. There you go. Uh, yeah, it looks cute. I don't have a PS4, no. I have 
there's no point in owning a PS4 except for like two or three games that I want. So I never got one because I can play everything else on PC that I've wanted to. And the last game is Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, which I also don't know about, but it looks beautiful. Uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture transports a player back to the moments leading up to the apocalypse to explore the choices people make when they're faced with the world-shattering events beyond their control. That sounds cool. It sounds... Oh, okay. It's the Chinese room who... Oh, right. That's the... Yeah, okay. The Chinese room, the guys who did Dear Esther, this is their next thing, so... If you're into that sort of thing, it looks like it's probably going to be pretty cool. Maybe. But I don't know. I don't know. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you care about the PlayStation Play stuff or not. It's a pretty cool thing. They have some pretty cool things up for it. So I would recommend it maybe if you're in the market to do that. But it's not really for me. On a more depressing note... um. Of course, the next... Actually, you know what? We're going to get to that after because we'll talk about that more. Uh, so, Jap- uh, Snake's Japanese voice actor uh, was saying, apparently, that Kojima Productions was officially dissolved, even though there has been no confirmation from Konami. He has said, no, they're... T- like, even though we kind of knew it was happening because of what's happening with Hideo Kojima being, like, pushed out or leaving or whatever and that the Kojima name is probably going to leave. He is, this guy is saying specifically, no, Kojima Productions is completely dissipated, dissolved, gone. And um, I don't really, he probably knows. I mean, fuck, man, he was working with them on games. Like, I'm sure he probably, he's probably friends with the dudes. And yeah, so that's what he says. I don't really like, um, like talking about news that isn't 100% confirmed by everybody, but he, this guy probably knows what he's talking about. So I think that's shitty, but I don't know, man. It's, it's a bad situation. Any way you look at it, he seems kind of stoked about, not stoked about Kojima productions being dissolved, but he says, I'll just read what it says. Kojima Productions got dissolved, and due to the team's hard effort, the game is just about finished. This is no exaggeration, but it's bound to be a supreme masterpiece. I can't help it uh, if I want to say... Wait. I can't help it if I want to say I keep you waiting. Lol. Even if this is the last time, Metal Gear Solid lives forever. So the dude has sto- is stoked about the legacy, and he's not too sad about seeing Metal Gear Solid go, probably, even though it means he's out of a job. He just understands that, like, the Kojima Productions put a lot into this last effort, he's saying, and he's stoked about what's going to happen, even if they're dissipating and all that shit. Yeah, whatever. Uh, another small news story I'm guessing Sean put in there himself. Crypt of the Necrodancer is coming to the PS4 and Vita, so that's really cool. I know all of us really, really like Crypt of the Necrodancer, and we definitely recommend it, so now you could play it on the go. That seems like a great handheld game. Like, that would be great on the Vita, I think, so good for them. Good for them for doing that. Um, the one I skipped over and we'll talk about now, of course, as you know... Nintendo's uh, president and CEO, Satoru Iwata, died this last week on July 11th. Um, yeah, man, that's it's been a rough, rough time. So 
for people that might, everybody knows that this happened, right? Like if you're listening to a video game podcast, you already knew this happened the day it happened or the day they released that information. So we're not going to talk necessarily about that. We're just going to talk about like how everybody knows that I'm not huge, huge into Nintendo stuff in general, even though I grew up with a lot of Nintendo stuff. But everything that he's done with HAL Laboratories, I've liked, except I've never played Earthbound until recently, and I'm really, really bummed I didn't. Earthbound is a fantastic, fantastic thing that I wish I could have experienced with him around and just knowing that, like, what he's done. Like, it's one of those things that because he died, I played Earthbound, so I probably never would have, or it would have been way on the back burner until he did. So in a way, I'm kind of glad I finally got to experience that, but I wish he was still around so I could, like, tweet him or something, you know, something selfish and just say, like, good job for this thing. Um, the outpouring on the internet and in real life and stuff has been phenomenal. The, I don't really know what to say about this dude. Like he hasn't been at E3 for the last two years because of this sickness that finally got cat, uh, caught up to him. And I think it says a lot about a person who you, your whole business, like his business was fun and making fun for people. And, like, he did it. Like, he was a CEO of a company that made fun for other people. And even in his darkest hours, he wanted to make sure that nobody saw him and what he was going through. Like, the uh, robot chicken thing and the Muppets and stuff like that. Like, he, he was going through shit. And he will always be remembered now as the badass puppet strutting down the hallway in that E3 Nintendo Direct. Like, it's it's just a tragedy. It really, really is. In this, in this like, war of <clears throat> all these different companies trying to make the cooler-looking thing or the more intense gameplay or, like... I don't know, putting more polygons on the screen. This company has always just made things that people liked. And it's rough. It's really rough to see somebody who actually remembers what video games were and where they always should be first, fun. It's sad to see somebody like that go. So, rest in peace for... Iwata, you're already missed, man. It's fucking bullshit. <sighs> anyway. So, that's that. Uh, that's it for news. I'm sure there was other little stuff. I mean, I could have probably pulled some other stuff from Kotaku or something, but... No. Let's just go on to questions. Um, I will, okay, I'm going to break protocol this one time because of solo cast. If I see interesting questions in the chat, I will answer them. But first and foremost, I'm going to obviously go through the questions that were sent in to topdownperspective at gmail.com, which is where you can send stuff in if you want, or you could do so on Twitter. Yeah, I guess you could do Twitter, TDP podcast on there. Or if you really, really want us to know your real name, 
You could use Facebook at facebook.com slash the top or top down perspective. No, the in there. And you can be like Kenny Key, who writes in and says, hi there. I have a couple questions. Number one, <clears throat> what do you think of Bill Trennan competing in the Super Smash Bros for Wii U at Evo? So I looked up his placement in this. Uh, he got through the first round just on a buy. So that's not a big deal. And then he actually dropped out when news for Awada's death happened because he just, like, obviously he couldn't handle it or whatever. And I'm sure he had to get back to the office and they had to work on some stuff and, like, yeah, tributes and all that sort of thing. So he bowed out. Uh, what do I think of him competing in it? I think it's cool. I like when it doesn't matter to me if you're a developer of a game or you work for a company that made a game or any of that sort of thing. It shows that you love your the product that you are working on. If you go to a competition and get like your ass beaten down by the people that spend a million hours in this thing. So I think it's cool and I understand why he bowed out. I don't think he would have gotten far anyway, though. So, yeah. Uh, second question was, two members of TDP have their own memes now, with quotations. John has used his museum. Sean has press F to pay respects to the PS3. What, if anything, would Paul's be? Um, that is totally not something I can answer, because otherwise it'll be like one of those situations where it's like hey guys let's create a meme and we know how that worked out for Aisha T uh, Tyler at E3 so let's not answer that for me that would be something that you guys would obviously have to enforce really other than that he says have a good day and just writes signs off with Kenicky thanks man appreciate it James writes in Two weeks ago, Paul said the hook for Arkham Knight is better for the one in City. I thought the hook was the same. I feel like Origins has a better hook than City as well with a... Oh, shit. Okay. Sorry. I thought you meant, like, the actual grappling hook. <clears throat> he means, like, the story hook for the game. I feel like Origins has a better hook than City as well with eight different assassins for hire trying to kill Batman. My question is, which eight video game characters would you try to send and kill... Er, would you send to try and kill Batman if you were Black Mask? Oh. Okay. Who would I send? I would send Pokemon Trainer because he has like 700 something Pokemon. Like, let's talk about an expert trainer here who has ventured around the world, caught all the Pokemon, level 99, all of that sort of stuff. They're min maxed. Just throw all your Pokeballs at Batman. Like, just throw all of them. Um, more to my roots, what would I like to see? What games do I like? Resident Evil. Uh, Wesker. Wesker could probably try to fight Batman. Uh, he might succeed, actually. Mm, maybe not. That would... I don't know. It might be an okay fight, but it wouldn't be that great. You could say any one of the monstrosities in Resident Evil, like tyrants and all that sort of stuff, but... At the end of the day, they're not, like, Batman would just need to buy... Actually, you know what? Batman doesn't really have a gun. So, I was going to say, Batman would have to actually buy a gun. Like, you couldn't just arrest a tyrant. You would have to kill it, which might break his rule. So, maybe a tyrant... I don't know. That's a weird philosophical question. 
I uh, like Metal Gear Solid games. Okay. Uh, Solid Snake. That would be cool, I think, because there'd be kind of this, like... It's kind of like in Snake Eater when you're Big Boss or Naked Snake and you're fighting the end and you're both, like, crawling around doing a sniper battle that takes forever. That's pretty much how every battle would be, I think, against him. That would be... That would be kind of weird. Mm. I'm trying to think of, like, video game characters that aren't just, like, comic book characters, <laughs> if possible. Send, like, Donkey Kong after him or something. Just send a giant ape, see how he deals with that, and basically be, like, your equivalent of a charging Bane, maybe. Uh, I think Bowser would be lame. Bowser wouldn't do shit. I mean, he can't even take out a plumber. So, Goku. <laughs> Goku is a hilarious answer. <laughs> that... <laughs> That that is such a hilarious answer, and I don't know why. I'm just looking at my amiibo now. Um, I think he should fight like someone out of World of Warcraft, probably like one of the giant end game raid bosses. That would be pretty great. Like maybe Illidan or something. Fight Illidan or the the Lich King. I don't know how many of these I've named or have to name. I'm going to just stay with that. Uh, he has a second part to his question. Also, Paul, can you really listen to Hello Kitty by Avril Lavigne unironically? I absolutely cannot. Uh, because that song will live on forever in my nightmares. Not dissing Lavigne herself, just that hellish song. Why not switch your summer jam to What the Hell or Smile, maybe? My summer jam is none of your concern, sir. That's all I have to say about that. But in all honesty, it's not a summer jam at all. That song is kind of fucking terrible and aggravating in all the worst ways. And um, no, I can't listen to it un unironically. I actually really hate it. Andy writes in, Status effects in games have always been interesting. Whether it be good or bad, the ability to hinder your opponents or the threat of being induced with said ailments have always added a new level of strategy for me. What games have some of the best use of status effects in your opinion? What are your most and least favorite status effects? For me, the Etrian Odyssey series makes great use of status effects and their battle system. Being able to bind your opponents in order to restrict their moves and movement has a satisfying feeling to it. Whatever it works, whenever it works, at least. My single, fa my least favorite effect would have to be getting frozen in the early generations of Pokemon. You couldn't do a single damn thing once you were frozen, and it was absolutely infuriating. That's yeah, it was. You're right. Um, some of the best status effect uses, I mean, it's always RPGs that have the best ones for me, so definitely the, like, the RPG genre, especially the turn-based genre, um, Pokemon has had some great status effect stuff, um, yeah, you know what, let's just say Pokemon, probably Pokemon, final... Final Fantasy, yeah, Final Fantasy does kind of the same stuff. Your most and least favorite status effects? Okay, so Lucky 7 gets it with the Marlboros and every Final Fantasy game giving you all the status effects is really fucking shitty. So that sucks if you can count that because you're getting three effects in one move 
and that's kind of a status effect by getting all three of them at one time. The worst status effect ever is definitely Confuse, where you can hurt yourself, is absolutely fucking infuriating. Um, poison is kind of cool because, like, when you're walking around, the poison lasts, so your Pokemon are slowly dying, and that's kind of a neat thing. Um, I mean, my favorite would probably be just, like, a burn or something that you could easily heal through and doesn't really persist. It's not that... It's not that big of a deal. Any status effect where there's not a huge, huge downside. Maybe, like... When they say losing, like, your special ability power or something, that's probably fine because then you could just switch to a tackle or, like, I'm speaking specifically about Pokemon. So, um, my favorite status effects are probably the ones that don't really alter how you play your game. You just kind of have to change something around. Using things, I always like to burn. So, I like causing burns and poisons on enemies in games. Those are always my favorite to inflict on people. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Chillin' Chum writes in, First of all, condolences to Iwata, despite his policy not affecting me, since I don't own a GameCube or Wii, although I do own a Wii U, and regardless, anyone willing to make their E3 show interesting and silly for games that will actually come out this year deserves respect. You will be missed. Maybe a quick three seconds of silence. P please don't press F. This is serious. Okay, so let's just do a silence here. Okay. Now we can go back to the normal silliness, he writes. Press F to pay, sp <laughs> press F to pay respects for Sean's PS3. I'll g give you a second to do that, and I know it's catching up, so... <clears throat> Second thing here, press F to pay respects for Slow Beef's PS3, which actually did in fact die while doing his Sonic 06 LP, if you hadn't heard. I'm suppressing laughter over that. Sorry, Slow Beef is just too good and funny a coincidence. Does he even watch this podcast, I wonder? Dude, probably not. <laughs> probably not. I mean, I'm sure he's heard of it because he's friends with John, but probably not. And while we're at it, a joke press for F's... Uh, a joke press of F for John Superman 64 LP, which isn't dead, but it sometimes seems like it, just like Sean's PS3. There you go. F for everybody. There you go. And I'm Dude, I can't wait to listen to Sean's part of this after this, because I'm sure when he reads that, he's probably just like, God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be great. Uh, and now for the question. So he starts off with a question to John. I am going to skip over that completely. I've actually highlighted it in our document that we all share, and that will be answered by him next week or two weeks from now, whenever he's on next. So I'll skip over that. For all three of you, do you have YouTube personalities you listen to and trust, but don't necessarily agree with everything they say? For me, for me, for example, I trust Total Biscuit's business decisions when it comes to him reviewing first, like his first impression series. But I really dislike slash hate his insistence that 60 FPS is inherently better than 30. And while if the world were straightforward, that would be true. The world isn't and neither is that debate. Though, of course, it being a debate is something I find endlessly stupid when personal preference really does factor in heavily, making the whole thing a screwed up quagmire to have civil discussion in. And don't say it's just the internet, anyone, human. Don't say it's just the internet, anyone. 
Humans make up the internet. Remember, we are the dumb ones, not the tubes. That's just a tool. Okay, I'm just going to say my piece on the 60 frames per second thing. There's no reason why you can't have 60 frames per second on PC releases. There just isn't. When you are talking about mechanically driven games, it is just smoother and easier if you have full mobility. That's just the way it is. So... And for the most part, 60 frames per second is a necessity for certain games. I agree not every game has to be 30 or 60 frames per second because a lot of games are cinematic experiences now. Like, they're actual visual novels or the Telltale stuff and whatnot where you're doing a lot of watching of stuff and you're taking in a story. That doesn't have to be at all. That just has to be a minimum of working. Like, so... I d yeah, I see what you're talking about. 60 frames per second is super, super important, though, for some games. Um, going back to your question, though, YouTube personalities you listen to and trust but don't necessarily agree with? Yeah, Total Biscuit. I mean, fuck, man. That dude, like, that dude has really good policies. He makes sure he was... It seems like he's really, really paranoid about making sure that the customer or, like, his fans come first in how they, like, view him, how, like, if they can trust him or not. And that's really good. That's really, really good. Um, I really don't like a lot of the stuff he likes. <laughs> I think a lot of the games he loves are boring and dull. And I think a lot of the stuff he doesn't like are good, and he just doesn't like them because they're either a genre he doesn't know very much at all, which is totally fine and acceptable, or sometimes it feels like he holds a grudge about something. I don't like when he doesn't like games because of like something a dev said on Twitter. I think that's kind of a kind of a shitty thing to do because devs are humans too. We have all, I mean, he can admit too, we've all said dumb shit on Twitter and social media. So to, yeah, I don't know. So yes, he is the big one for me, for sure. I totally trust what he does and like his opinions and stuff. I just don't agree with a lot of them, which is, um, yeah, which is fine. Other than that, people I trust, I mean, I'm going to take an easy answer out and say I trust John because, like, I'm friends with him and I know the stuff he likes and whatnot, and I know that he, I really know he wouldn't chill out or do anything gross like that. I don't agree with a lot of his um, preferences in some games, but that's totally fine. Uh, I trust where he comes from with them. Oh, who else? I trust uh, the Happy Console Gamer guys, although I don't agree with a lot. I think they seem too obsessed with um, old anime video games and really, really old, like, arcade games and stuff that I've never really thought were good. But I, I trust that where their nostalgia comes from is a place of love, so that's fine. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably... I trust Jim Sterling a lot. And I find it hard to agree with him on some stuff. But for the most part, I'm pretty agreeable with him. I do disagree with uh, some of his ideas and whatnot. But overall, I've been following that dude since like he was basically a nobody. Like from the 
Destructoid team and before and stuff like that. So I, I think what you're looking for here is with the YouTube personalities and stuff, the trust is dependent on how much you know what their preferences are and how yours kind of meter up against that. Because I know, like, I know if Total Biscuit hates something, I might like it, so I should still check it out. But I also know if he said, I also trust him enough that if he says something, like, I know he would say that this is probably not for me, but it does this well. So that is probably a good product, even though, like, it's not for him. Like, our uh, tastes don't match up well. Whereas there are people where it's just like, no, this is great. And every time they've said that, it was obviously probably for a paycheck. So those are the type of people you don't trust. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's a weird relationship that you have to kind of develop only on one side where you have to measure up your personal feelings about stuff. You have to be really comfortable about what you feel about yourself and know what your opinions are before you can actually like meter them up against another person's. And I think that's important for this sort of thing. So... I think the big one for me is Total Biscuit as well, because I do not agree with a lot of that dude stuff, but I respect him, so I think that's all that you need. Uh, and then ramble, read or don't read, allowed your choice. Uh, the worst part is, if I wanted to explain my opinion, it would take 30 minutes to go over it all, but the positive side, long-form discussion opinion videos have been something I want to aspire to, as opposed to just doing Let's Plays. There you go, man. Make sure you do it. Like, if you've wanted to do that sort of thing, just fucking get on a mic and start spouting opinions for a while or ramble. That's that's the only way you get more and more used to it. That's why I'm doing a fucking solo podcast here, which is kind of a weird, terrible idea, but it's working out, I think. Press F in the chat if you think this has been a good idea so far. Let's move on to Twitter questions. Meowth900 writes in, what has been your favorite part of Earthbound so far? Oh, dude, the writing. The writing has been absolutely fantastic. The enemy types and stuff, like, there's just been so many silly, quirky things in it. I really am enjoying that world a lot. I think everything about it is been so good. I need to really jump back in. I'm excited to jump back in this weekend. Um, I really, really, really like how if you just overpower something you will keep moving on <laughs> like they will attack you and you will auto win that should be in every rpg except for pokemon because as somebody was pointing out if you wanted to catch a pokemon you would just auto win and then you wouldn't have an opportunity to so in that in those certain instances it shouldn't but for grinding out and stuff that is a great idea and i'm so fucking angry that nothing else has done that that was like it is kind of the peak of what turn-based RPGs should be, and it came out back then, man. Like, I'm just trying to think. Is that 20 years now? Yeah, 20 years ago. They figured it out, and they've barely gotten it right ever since. So I think the fact that it was just so ahead of its time is what my favorite part of it is. Volusion writes in, Does Ness and Lucas ac accurately represent their franchise for SSB? Um, I don't think they do enough to be badass because that series is way more badass than you would be led to believe if you just played Super Smash Brothers like I had. I never liked Ness and Lucas before. 
because I always thought they were kind of lame. And that series is way better. Way better. Uh, his second question is, most addictive roguelike that you've played? Binding of Isaac, hands down, because I still go back to it. I still go back to it a lot. <laughs> so it's definitely that. Um, like, I'm going to guess you're not... We're going to ignore things like hardcore characters and Diablo or something because those are probably the best made ones. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Darkest Dungeon is really good. Sorry, I'm just looking at my list of games here. Um, Dungeon of the Endless was great. I really, really liked that. That was cool. You know what? It doesn't matter. The answer is Binding of Isaac. Rebirth has been absolutely fantastic, so that's good. Uh, last second hero. Last question here. What are some games you'd like to revisit and what made them that worthwhile to you? There aren't really many games I'd like to revisit because I usually just do. Like, if I want to play Resident Evil again, I will. It's not that, like, I'll set up, like, I should really revisit that or something. I'll just do it whenever I think about it. So, that being said, Earthbound was one that I definitely see why people revisit that so uh what are some games you'd like to revisit though i've been revisiting final fantasy 7 a little bit and i don't know what made that worthwhile at all i don't think it is worthwhile to revisit necessarily i just have um maybe it's just because that game is huge well it's because of the hype of the remake coming out that they announced at e3 that i wanted to go back into it but I haven't been loving it very much. Like, Earthbound is the one I've been really into. So, yeah. Uh, but like I said, other than that, it's like if I want to play Silent Hill, I will. If I want to play Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, I'll do that. Like, I just, I don't really go back and say, yeah, I, sh I haven't played this in a while. I should play it again. I'll just play something randomly. So I don't really ever feel the need to revisit a lot of stuff, especially because I play a lot of new stuff anyway. Like, Pokemon I've been revisiting in the past couple years as well. That's been good. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, either way, that's the end of this first part. So, thank you for joining me as I rambled on for, like, 40 minutes or whatever this has been. And now I will set it up so we can listen to Sean's half. And I will bid you good night. All right. Uh, hello, this is... Uh... This is Sean Booker, one of the Top Down Perspective hosts um, for this weird little episode uh, for July 16th, 2015. Uh, I guess by this portion of it, you've just listened to Paul talk about his uh, games and the news and the questions, and now you're doing mine. Um, for those who don't know, uh, just I'm sure Paul will ex explain this, but technically I'm recording first, so... I, uh, I'm just going to explain it. Paul had, uh, to stay late at work one day and I was like, damn son, I'm not staying up that late. Um, so let's just do this weird thing in, in let's just do this weird thing instead. Uh, for longtime listeners, you might remember we did a episode just like this a few years back. Uh, Nathan and I did it, uh, where he recorded one and I recorded one <clears throat> and then we put them together that way. Um, so, uh, apologies if I'm going over things that Paul has already said, but I have not listened to his audio. Um, 
he might listen to mine before he records his, but I, I believe the understanding is he's going to put his audio first, uh, and then mine comes second. Uh, so if you watched him live, uh, you won't get to hear me live, obviously, but I'll be, this is, this is for the audio only listeners. Um, uh, with that said, uh, I guess, you know, we don't really have like a lead in cause there's no lead in, but I'm going to go see Ant-Man this weekend, which is pretty exciting. Uh, train wreck also looks really good, but maybe, Hey, maybe on the next episode, uh, we can talk a little bit of Ant-Man. Hopefully Paul saw it. He probably didn't. Um, but you know, by next week's episode, I will have seen Ant-Man. <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's just go into what I've been playing this last week. This was, this is the week where I finally finished Batman, which was really great. However, that game just like never ends. Oh my God. Um, I basically took like almost an entire day and just kind of sat down with it and did just story after story. In terms of just the side quests, I didn't finish the majority of them. The ones I did were there was two that you can finish just by doing like one thing. I believe they're, uh, uh, I guess, I guess spoilers. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really minor, but if you want to be like totally clean, uh, maybe jump ahead a, a couple minutes. Um, but the hush uh side quest is just a one time thing i did that and then there's one where there's this like old bearded bearded dude with like a bunch of like some kind of cult that you fight and you like save a reporter i i can't even remember his name but yeah you just do that one fight and i did that as well and then i did all the riddler stuff not the trophies but just his uh you know, just to, like, save Catwoman or whatever. Uh, and I'm not going to do the trophies, unlike John, because um, I'm not crazy. Uh, I have a life to live. Um, but the story, yeah, it just keeps going. Like, there's, like, a tank battle against the Arkham Knight, where, which is pretty, like, significant. You think, like, oh, okay, this has got to be, like, the final. And then, no, son, it's not. It just keeps going. And then there's, like, another massive... Yeah, it's the... Um, like the drilling boss fight when you're in the Batmobile, that seems pretty substantial too. That's not the end either. It just keeps going and going. Um, however, yeah, they're like the identity of the Arkham Knight is the easiest thing. I, if you can't see that coming, you, well, you know, if you can't see that coming, you probably don't know Batman very well, which is totally fine. That's it's not a big deal. Um, but you know, overall I quite enjoyed the story. Uh, it went to some cool places and, um, uh, I am however glad to be finished and I can move on with my life onto, onto other things. But yeah, no, Batman was a really fun game. I handled, handled really great. Um, apart from that, I didn't play too much this week. Uh, Monument Valley, um, a, a mobile game. Uh, I've talked about it before. <clears throat> Man, I'm just gonna say um like every second word, aren't I? It's really weird doing a solo person podcast because you you feel like you have to fill all these little blank spaces with something because someone else isn't there to do so. And I'm like Paul, I don't have a chat that I can kind of look around at. So you know, I'm, I, bear with me as I as I make my way through this. Monument Valley, I talked about it a few months ago, uh, mobile game, very M.C. Escher uh, um, pictures-like. Uh, you rotate 
the environments around so that your little character can walk uh, throughout the place. Um, <clears throat> sorry. You, uh, you move um, stairs and ladders around, and you basically just need to get to uh, the exit of each stage. It's f- fairly, fairly easy. A while back, they released a Project Red piece of DLC. Like when you buy it, uh, they donate uh, some money to uh, to the charity, and it was called Ida's Dream or Ida's Memory. I can't quite remember which one it is. I'm pretty sure it's Ida's Dream. From there, uh, about a uh, this must have been about a month ago. They and they released that for free as an update. So before you had to pay for it, and from my understanding. It wasn't. It didn't look the best, uh, but they redid it. Nicer visuals this time, and it's free now. So I just played through that. You can get through that in like 15 minutes, really quick. Monument Valley is not a hard game or a very long game on its own. So this is just a kind of a nice like dip my toes back in the water. So, so if you have that game, it would be worth uh, just you know checking out Ida's memory, Ida's dream, whichever one it is. And uh, getting to, you know, just refresh yourself. That's such a gorgeous-looking game. So, that's really nice. Um, and then the last game is I played a bit of Rocket League today. Um, PC version. I had to knock down the graphics so my computer could run it. But Paul's way excited, way to, Paul's way excited about that game. And he has every right to be. That is a fun game. The car handling is just great. I really wish I could have been playing it on my PS4. I just didn't feel like moving my PC out to the living room. Uh, that way, it, you know, it would just run better, look better, have better uh, online connectivity. But uh, PlayStation, but the PlayStation Network has been down for the last couple of days. I can't even update the latest software, uh, the latest firmware update. I can't even do that. I don't know what it is, but um, can't find much information online a bunch of other people are complaining that it's down the sony twitter account hasn't even like acknowledged it which that's always a bummer but it seems to me like every like three months or so the playstation network is just down for a couple days like this is ridiculous how does this keep happening um but anyway back to the game rocket league yeah that's great being able to being able to basically fly when you like jump up tilt yourself and then hit boost it's it is totally crazy and awesome and I think it's going to be a great podcasting game for myself. I'm going to sit down, knock the ball around a bit, um, hopefully get some friends to play. Since it's PlayStation Plus, uh, I definitely do have friends that have access to this game, so I'm going to try and rope them in. Uh, that'll be nice to, to play a bit with. Uh, so I collected a few news stories, uh, since that's all I've uh, played, really. Um, the PlayStation Play promotion for 2015 was announced. And I'm, I'm excited for about half of it. For those who don't know, PlayStation Play is similar to what Microsoft used to do with their Summer of Arcade, where during the summer they have four games kind of on promo. They're like they're kind of big downloadable hits that they feel strongly about. And if you buy uh, more than one, they, they usually cuts you a deal. Uh, so it's one a week, starting with uh, on the 21st of this month. So yeah, just five days from now. Man, I'm excited. Journey on the PlayStation 4. Um, regular price, 15 PlayStation Plus pre-order price is uh, 12 Um 
Although I'm not sure if they're still doing their cutting the deal now that I'm looking at this article. It just seems to be this PlayStation Plus pre-order. Actually, it says 20% off pre-orders, PlayStation Store 10% off coupon, something, something. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, the exciting thing I know about the Journey download is that if you already own this game, which I do, you know, on PS3, you just get this for free. So that's going to be great. Uh, I think I'm probably going to play this again. It's an easy, like, two, three hours, like, max. Definitely closer to two hour time chunk. And that's a gorgeous game. I'd love seeing it in 1080p. Um, so I could go through that again. Maybe show it off to some people who haven't seen the game before. A week later, this is the big one. This is the one everyone's excited for. N++ on July 28th. Regular place, 20 I am so excited. I, I played so much N plus on the 360 and before that N way of the ninja on the computer played a lot of that too. I'm definitely excited. And I think I heard something absurd. Like it has like 3000 levels plus a level creator or something insane like that. That's just great. What I'm really hoping is still in this version is the multiplayer mode where there was like four of you playing. I spent a lot of time online with just randos trying to complete these crazy stages. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, the 360 version had like, I don't know exactly know what the number was. I'll just say 50. But it had like 50 single-player stages and 50 like multiplayer stages. And like, I did all of them. And even though, and even though the multiplayer, you could kind of cheese your way, like if there was bombs in the way of the stage and you were supposed to like do some crazy backflips through, you could just kind of send your buddies to blow themselves up, taking out the bombs, and then you do it, and everyone wins that way. I think for the most part, we did complete it with skill, but I, I, there was definitely one or two stages where it was like, you blew up. Oh, but wait, you just made it easier for me. Thank you. Uh, the next week, uh, August 4th, Galaxy. I don't know much about it, but I know people are excited about this game. Uh, another $20 one. I don't even know what this really looks like. Uh, spaceships. For sh- There's stuff with spaceships and uh, lots of UI. Can't tell you much about that following week uh, August 11th everyone's gone to the rapture uh, another $20 so they're all 20 except for journey which is 15 or free if you already bought it which you should have you really should have bought journey by now everyone's gone to the rapture looks gorgeous um I don't know much about it it's another one I've just heard a lot of uh but yeah no it looks real good by the Chinese room the people behind dear Esther so you know it's gonna look good so honestly like, three out of these four titles, I'm excited for. Four out of four, I've been told to be excited for. So, you know, couple next couple of weeks should be some cool stuff on PlayStation 4. Um, I know I'll definitely be talking about some stuff. Uh, John probably would too, but he's going to be on his uh, con schedule, so I don't know if he's going to be talking about them. Paul doesn't have a PlayStation 4. But I'm sure several of these are coming to Steam at some point as well. Maybe just not. Maybe for a couple months. Uh, the next uh, news item I got I'm just going to grab some water real quick you know bring on the waterworks because Satoru Iwata passed away at the young age of 55 Um, if you're listening to a game podcast like the Top 10 Perspective you've definitely already heard this anyone who is like into games enough to listen to a video game podcast has already heard about this. Um, 
he had uh, cancer, I believe. Um, where was the specific part? Uh, bile duct growth. So he had a, a growth, cancer, cancer growth <clears throat> in his bile duct. And I guess, you know, looking back, we had known he had health issues. He didn't come to E3 last year specifically because of his health issues. And I guess it was just a lot worse than than people expected. But 55, that's a bummer. And if you don't know Satoru Iwata, you know, he's been in the game industry for 30 years, starting at HAL Laboratories, the people behind Kirby's Adventure, you know, the Kirby games specifically. And then moved on to Nintendo um, where he became uh, the president there. And if you've watched E3 press conferences or their, you know, Nintendo Directs, he, it was him, it was uh, Miyamoto, and it was uh, Reggie. Those were like the three main dudes you, you saw a lot of. And it's just a huge bummer because this guy always seemed excited. All three of those guys always seem excited for games. They always seem like a ton of fun. Like we saw that Muppet E3 uh, presentation this year, which was totally great. And specifically his portion where he's just sitting there with the bananas, you know, the bunch of bananas, and then just looks at the camera. That was my favorite moment. It was genuinely hilarious. And yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a huge, it's a huge bummer that we don't have him anymore. Because he carried, he carried that excitement in like all his presentations like you know he genuinely believed in the company not everyone always does nintendo makes some weird choices but he was always he always had a way of spinning it that made it and you know obviously he had to he had to spin it positively if that's what you do but it seems genuine like he to- he did truly believe in what nintendo was doing and that's exciting that's exciting because there's so much cynicism elsewhere so it's definitely a bummer to see him go and um, I guess we'll just have to see kind of who takes his spot in the in the upcoming Nintendo presentations because I don't want that to go away. I love the Nintendo Directs we get every few months. Those are always exciting. Um, so, yeah, just a huge a huge loss right there. A uh, bit of a smaller story. The Japanese voice actor for Snake, uh, Solid Snake, from Metal Gear, uh, has come out mentioning that uh, Kojima Productions got dissolved and due to the team's hard effort the game is just about finished this is no exaggeration but it's bound to be a supreme masterpiece I can't help if I want to say I kept you waiting even if this is the last time Metal Gear Solid lives forever so he's excited about it but it seems like he has some information that Kojima Productions is no more uh, this is probably pretty standard considering we know uh, Kojima has left Konami. They've taken uh, his name off of the box art for Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, I'm not, I, you know, it just doesn't seem like Kojima Productions is is a thing anymore. Because I guess Konami m- must have owned what Ko- Kojima Productions is, and without Kojima, Kojima there, why have that name associated with it? Um, it might help with some marketing, but you've already taken off the box, so you're not worried about that. And without Kojima, why keep it? It just seems weird. Although I can also see that being tied to Kojima, he might have some kind of clause saying, you know, if I'm ever not at the company, you can't use my name. Right? You know, it's tied to him. But, um, that, yeah, so pretty obvious. We definitely saw that coming. Last news story. This is a real brief one, but I'm definitely excited about it. 
Crypt of the Necrodancer. Uh, we're all all three of us big fans here on Top Down Perspective. Uh, PC title. It is coming to the PlayStation 4 and the Vita. I'm excited. If you've been listening, you know I wanted a, P- a Vita version for quite a while now. There's no release date as of yet, but I'm glad they were thinking of it. Okay, let's go into the questions. Uh, I got a few here. Um, I'm sure you know Paul's already mentioned this, but it doesn't hurt to say it again. If people want to send in questions, it's topdownperspective at gmail.com. It's at TDP Podcast on Twitter, or we have the Facebook group where you can definitely post questions to. And, you know, comment on the shows and whatnot. That's probably the best place to comment directly on the episode, um, as opposed to on the website, because uh, the website's a little cold. Um, but yeah, get get in on the discussion. Um, just like Kaniki did here, or Kaniki, sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. He says, hi there, I have a couple questions. One, what do you think about Bill Trinan competing in Super Smash Bros. for Wii U at Evo? I think that's funny. Um, it almost seems like, of course they would do this, because didn't Reggie compete in the World Championship? Or at least his video made it seem like he wanted to. Maybe he actually wasn't allowed at the end. But, um, no, that's cool. It's kind of weird that he gets a bye into the second round. Like, what? Why, why does he get it? But anyway, um, so, you know, he's already made it past one round of eliminations. Good, good for him. But sure, let's let's see what they got. That's cool. It's good to know that the people kind of, you know, behind some of the games, and you know, he's not directly behind the game, but he's, you know, part of the company, does enjoy the games himself enough to do this. So I'm hoping this isn't just like, yeah, I'll get in there kind of publicity stunt. I'm hoping he actually has some chops to back it up. Like, I would like to see him go a few rounds before he'll obviously get beaten by the fans who do this for far too much time. Uh, question two. Two of the members of TDP have their own memes now. Okay. Uh, John has his museum, and Sean has press F to pay respects to the PS3. Can I, can I change my meme to something else? What, if anything, would Paul's be? I have no idea. Um, isn't kind of the... Shouldn't memes be generated organically? They should just come out of out of the air. You shouldn't be trying to go for a meme. Because if you do, you end up like Aisha Tyler at the Ubisoft press conference at E3 saying, come on, let's make a meme. Say something. And then what? that guy didn't really say anything. So, yeah, you don't want to be like that. Um, the question would be more for the audience it, does paul do something like does he have does he have a meme already is there something funny paul does or has done maybe he repeatedly does it i don't know you guys can write in though uh off the top of my head i can't think of some anything uh his cat shows up often but that's just you know whatever i'm always excited to see his cat james writes in two weeks ago paul said that the hook for arkham knight is better than the one for city I feel like Origins has a better hook than City as well, with eight different assassins for hire trying to kill Batman. Oh, he means like like gameplay hook. I thought he meant like kind of the hook shot thing. Anyway, uh, my question, which my question is, which eight video game characters would you send to try and kill Batman if you were Black Mask? I'm assuming he doesn't mean Batman villains because he says video game characters. So I'm just gonna go outside of of the Batman universe. So. 
eight characters that I think should take on Batman. I think Dante from Devil May Cry would be good because, you know, Dante can't really die. So that would kind of work its way into how villains never really die. They always come back. It's the same with all comic book characters. They always come back. So that would be that would be a good one. I'm gonna probably go good guys and bad guys just to get a, some weird characters. Um, Professor Layton might be a cool Riddler. Uh, you know, swap. That would be kind of interesting. I'm trying to think. Maybe Azura from Azura's Wrath, just just because of sheer strength. I guess he's that's kind of like a Bane switch. Except Azura just keeps going. Um, who else? I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to think different. Different. Like I'm trying to think of the Batman villains, and then who, who would be like a good swap for them? Maybe like maybe like some kind of Pokemon. Batman could fight like a Venusaur or something. Like I was trying to think Poison Ivy, and that would make me think Venusaur, but. You know, just with like the tentacles and and and, and such, while also being on land, because I want to do like a tentacool or a tentacruel, because then you got to fight in the water, and that's not that's not very cool. I think Snake would be pretty interesting. That would be a pretty cool fight. S- Snake's pretty stealthy and ta- tactical. So is Batman. So that might be quite interesting. Like Snake or Big Boss, you know, either or, really. What am I at? Like, one, at four? Okay, I gotta think of four more. I'm gonna put Pac-Man in there just for a wild card. That would be weird. I guess you could do one of the ghosts as well, you know, maybe instead of Pac-Man, and then it's just like, don't touch the ghost. Uh, but you know, Batman would be able to figure out their weakness pretty pretty easily. He because you know he's always got a plan. That's Batman. You know, I, I'm sure there's some like Resident Evil enemy like boss or whatever that John or Paul would have just said that would have fit. I'm gonna just end it there because this feels like it's taking forever, and I I, my, I really. I think Dante is the best one that I came up with. Uh, He then has a question for Paul. Uh, I'll leave that alone. Uh, Hopefully Paul's already answered it by now. All right, Andy writes in with a mouthful. He says, status effects and games. Nope, sorry, Andy did not write in with a mouthful. That's the next one. Andy wrote in with, status effects in games have always been interesting, whether it be good or bad, the ability to hinder your opponent's or the threat of being induced with said ailments have always added a new level of strategy for me. What games have some of the best use of status effects in your opinion? What are your most and least favorite status effects? For me, the Etrian Odyssey series makes great use of status effects in their battle system, being able to bind your opponents in order to restrict their movements. Their move moves and movement has a satisfying feeling to it whenever it works at least. My least favorite effect would have to be getting frozen in the early generations of Pokemon. You couldn't do a single damn thing once you were frozen, and it was absolutely infuriating. Yeah, you know what's really annoying is like when your accuracy gets knocked so low that you just can't even hit. Confusion's always super annoying too, 
when you just keep hitting yourself repeatedly, that's that's a huge bummer. I always liked poison though, how it actually appeared outside of battle, like flashing. That was that was interesting. That was unique. Most of the ones you can just uh, bring, you know, return them the Pokemon and they and they go back. I'm trying to think. There's definitely some kind of series where you you weren't able to do any kind of status effects to like bosses, which I always found super annoying. But I can't think of. It's not Pokemon, obviously. But what what am I thinking of? I think it's like Final Fantasy. Like a lot of JRPGs, you couldn't like you like you can't put like the final like a boss to sleep. Which just always seemed odd to me. You should be able to. So that was always super annoying. Um, Dragon Warrior 3, when your characters died, because they followed you around on the overworld, they just turned into coffins. So you would just have coffins following you. That was that was pretty uh, silly. I remember thinking they looked kind of like steaks. Uh, like the steak you eat. Um... Yeah, there, there's a few examples. Okay, Chill and Chum writes in with the mouthful I mentioned. First off, condolences to Satoru Iwata, despite his policy not affecting me since I don't own, didn't own a GameCube or Wii. Though I do own a Wii U. And regardless, anyone willing to make their E3 show interesting and silly for games that will actually come out this year deserves some respect. He will be missed. Maybe a quick three seconds of silence. Please don't press F, this is serious. There you go. Okay, now we can go back to the normal silliness. Press F to pay respects for Sean's PS3. <sighs> Press F to pay respects for Slowbeef's PS3, which actually did in fact die while doing his Sonic 06 LP, if you hadn't heard. Uh, I'm suppressing laughter over that. Sorry, Slowbeef. It's just too good and funny a coincidence. Does he even watch this podcast, I wonder? I I don't really know who he is, but I, I doubt it. And while we're at it, uh, a joke press of F for John's Superman 64 LP, which isn't dead, but it sometimes seems like it, just like Sean's PS3. Okay, I guess that's a bit more accurate about my PS3. Sure, I'll give you that one. Now to the questions. Um, the first one's about John, so I'm going to skip that. Because he's mainly asking about the conventions. So we'll just push those ones. Uh, for all three of us, uh, do you have YouTube personalities that you listen to and trust but don't necessarily agree with everything they say? For me, for example, I trust Total Biscuits' business decisions when it comes to him reviewing, actually first impressions, but I really dislike hate his uh, insistence that 60 frames per second is inherently better than 30. And while if the world were straightforward, that would be true... The world isn't simple, and neither is that debate. Though, of course, it being a debate is something I find endlessly stupid when people preference... Oh, sorry, when per, sorry, when personal preference really does factor in heavily, making the whole thing a screwed-up quagmire to have civil discussion in. And don't say it's the internet. Anyone humans make up the internet, remember? We are the dumb ones, not the tubes. That's just a tool. The best tool ever convinced at, conceived of that. Okay, YouTube personalities that I listen to. Um, Patrick Klepek posts a lot on YouTube. I listen to him and his uh, various podcasts. 
I'm, I'm, I guess we're sticking to video game ones. Um, I know Paul has a, a bunch he will have mentioned. And we got, yeah, we got this question a little while ago too. I'm pretty sure I just said Patrick Klepek and that was about it. Um, I guess I could say Giant Bomb, um, since they're basically doing the same thing. They just host their own videos. They do put a lot of their videos on YouTube as well. But Giant Bomb, uh, for the most part, is is where I go. They're my core group of guys I like to follow. Although Dan Reichert is something special. I'll just say that. Um... Oh, sorry. Hang on. YouTube personalities that you listen to and trust, but don't necessarily agree with everything they say. Well, okay. Yeah. So I guess that my question, my thing still does work. Giant Bomb as a whole, there's going to be some people I just, that I'm fine with their ants, with what they're into, uh, but I might not be into it. Um, like on Giant Bomb, Drew Scanlon's way into the uh, Formula One racing games and uh, and flight simulators. I, I'm not into that at all. Um, so... I'd say that's for a lot of the people. I they might be into games. I'm not, but I still respect their opinion and enjoy listening to uh, their analysis, their critiques, or their you know reading their their work. And uh, last part is just more about the frames per second thing. So I'm just going to avoid that. Although I don't see why you wouldn't like having 60 frames per second. That always seems like it's great having a smoother experience why would that be bad anyway um that's all the questions oh no that's all the email questions let me check twitter real quick what did we get from twitter someone is asking if this is going to be on the twitch channel no sorry it's not (laughs) um one press L2P asks, "What did you think of the Nintendo Muppets at E3 this year?" Also, rest in peace, Awada. I touched on this briefly before. I loved them. I thought that was tons of fun, especially when there was like what eight press conferences, and Nintendo's definitely stood out as something different. That was definitely exciting. So, I was all for it. I like when they do weird stuff to keep, to, you know, to get you hooked. It's not just another of what the other guys are doing because that's that's what Nintendo's known for. There's something that gets you hooked. They're not just another one of what everyone else is doing. Um, so, again, if you guys want to write in questions next week, it's topdownperspective at gmail.com, at TDP Podcast, uh, or on the Facebook group. Um, and my game of the week uh, was easily Batman. That was definitely a great. Uh, I just YouTubed the ending, like the super ending, by the way, because obviously I'm not going to do the trophies like I mentioned. And as we told John, YouTube, yeah, you can just YouTube that stuff. It's all on there. Anyway, thanks for sticking with me. Hopefully this was listenable. It's definitely always weird to do it by yourself every time. Uh, especially because you know, I don't get practice at this. But yeah, we'll be back next week. I, again, I don't know what John's scenario is. Hopefully it'll be a normal episode with at least Paul and I. Um, I should also have a new microphone next week because it's showing up tomorrow. So that's exciting. T- tomorrow my time is so a Friday. Um, so maybe I'll even sound better. But anyway... Uh, thanks again, and uh, we will talk to you guys later. I just remembered that I didn't do my game of the week. My game of the week is, oh man, you know what? I mean, I know it's only between two. I'm gonna say Odell is the dark call. That's 
yeah, I'm going to say that's definitely my game of the week. So uh, thank you guys for listening. It's been a pleasure as always. And we will see you around the internet. Good night.